Welcome to episode four of Ask Wolves. I'm Johnny Phillips, and in this edition, we'll be hearing exclusively from Executive Chairman Jeff Shee, who answers supporters' questions about Fosun's relationship with the club, the medium and long-term ambitions for Wolves, and he also reflects on a hugely eventful five years of Fosun's ownership. Well, Jeff, it was fascinating and insightful to hear from the leadership group as a whole yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we've got some questions specifically for you, okay. uh, which I hope you can uh, yeah. add to and, and paint more of a picture for supporters. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with one from Clive Smout, who's given quite a, a sort of uh, an interesting one about the Fosun objective as a whole. What is the end objective for Fosun with Wolves? At the beginning, I think it's not so clear, to be honest, uh, just uh, because we want to expand into football industry, we saw it a uh, kind of good target and uh, we can have a try. So it's not very important then, but it's a pilot project for us. But after five years, you know, now it's like uh, a partner, you know, just uh, sometimes you have the emotional attachment to the club and uh, now it's already a, a part of forcing and into the blood. You know? so, so I can say the end uh, Objective is always, always stay with Forsen and uh, as like a son or whatever. And uh, no matter how good the performance is on the pitch, and uh, we always try to improve the club. And uh, one day maybe we will be the champions. One day maybe we don't do so well, but it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes it's hard to explain. Like a, a member from your family, what's your end objective yeah. about him or her? So it's hard to say, but. Uh, I can say that the, the emotional attachment is 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 very strong, and uh, so that's the reason I I don't want to say too much about the the, the final target. Or whatever. I think it's more about the connection between the two parties, and it's it's not like a normal commercial connection. Yeah, I see. So a lot of fans talk about a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. Has that changed slightly? Is it uh, is it more of a family feel to this, where you're not putting numbers down? Yeah, I think we always want to be the best. You know, it's like uh, like my daughters. I want the, uh, them to go to Oxford, uh, Cambridge, to find a good job in the future, to have a good life. But uh, maybe they cannot go to Cambridge, Oxford, right? Maybe they will fail in exams or whatever. But it doesn't matter. You know, so it's like this. So, of course, in 10 years, 20 years, uh, we, we do hope we we'll to be the best in the world. That doesn't change. But it doesn't mean, okay, we are very anxious or we, we, we are very eager to make the dinner. No. I, I think we have a dream, we have a plan. We are trying our best to make the plan realized. But the, in the process, it's more like you are cultivating your daughter's sense, you know, just try to, try to help them to be strong. And, but sometimes maybe they will never be there, but it doesn't matter. You know, so that's kind of a feeling of balance like this. I see. Yeah. Ian Edwards has said that Fosun have been great for Wolves, uh, and many fans echo those sentiments. But why are Wolves good for Fosun? Uh, I think, first of course, uh, regarding the marketing view, I think because football is quite special, you know, and it's not the same as all the other things Fosun are doing. You know, and uh, it's about that, that tension, that awareness from the world, and uh, because Every week we have some games, you know, and uh, lose or win, and it's always improved attention. And also because Wolves, and we have a strong, uh, strong presence in the world, even to to the 
the government, to the market, to all the fans around the world, and so Fortson becomes more famous and more popular. I think that's apparently one of the, the values to us. And also, uh, you know, sometimes I think uh, doing business is a little bit boring, you know, just uh, for every day commercial things, but football can provide the whole company, the whole group, and uh, something fun and uh, something interesting and uh, very emotional. So I think also it's inside, it's also very interesting to improve the, the culture, the environment, and the atmosphere inside the whole group. So yeah, all the things I think, uh, I think it's harder to tell it one by one very logically, but I think it's about uh, when you have a new baby, you know, it's like uh, then the new baby, of course, it has some value to you, right? But the value is hard to speak about uh, with very sensible way. You know, it's like uh, emotional value to us. A lot of supporters have spoken about the Chinese government's attitude to football and where they see football developing and whether or not Fosun and what Fosun can do with Wolves is connected to that and whether or not there is restrictions, you're led by the government in that sense? No, I think it's not about the government and uh, so far we don't feel any pressure from the government. Uh, I think Wolves still a UK-based club, you know, so we follow the law in the UK. So I say don't don't put too much uh, uh, tag on the Chinese government, UK government. It's not uh, football. It's not about politics, you know. So I think so so far we feel quite free. Yeah, that they'll be pleased to hear that. James Batham is perhaps going to put you on the spot here. He says, "What are the top three things you've learned during your time as chairman of the club?" You mean the better things? <laughs> well, yeah, good or bad, good or oh, bad. Okay. What, what three things stand out as, as things you've really learned and, and taken on board? Yeah, okay, maybe not good, not bad, but the first thing is just uh, I, even after five years, I think I still don't know Wolves fans enough, enough. I, at the beginning, I thought, okay, they are Wolves fans, but uh, after five years, I doubt I know them enough. So, you know, sometimes I feel... We still need to find the chemistry and between the fans and us. So that's the reason why I need to come out to say something to them because I also watch the social media content, uh, uh, watch the for, uh, for, uh, fans forums, you know, just so I know what they're thinking about. And uh, but sometimes I think what fans, uh, a group of fans, um, sometimes very. Uh, contradicted, you know. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, sometimes they are very warm. They, they, they are, they are very enthusiastic. Sometimes they are very negative, very down. You know, just. Uh, but uh, uh, how to find the bridge? Because inside the club, you know, as a, a leader or uh, uh, from the owner or from the board, I think we have to be very calm. We have to be very calm and uh, football is very emotional, we understand, but any decision made, made for us should be based on a very calm mind. And uh, so I think it's a really bad mistake if you are influenced too much by the outside pressure or emotional actions, whatever, then you will do something wrong. So uh, something I want to plead to the fans is just uh, uh, I cannot be so emotional. Yeah. You know, I, I cannot come out to say something after a defeat or whatever. I was emotional for some days, but I try my best to calm myself down and after the game and tomorrow, then I will be still very logical, 
sensible ever because I cannot make m mistakes and buy emotional things, you know. So, so that's the reason maybe they see Jeff, okay, always very, very cold, very cool, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, so actually in my heart, I, I am. But, uh, but if you want to steer the ship into the right direction and yeah. avoid the, the icebergs, you, you have to be calm. So that's one thing I have learned. But I'm trying to, to find the balance and trying to find the chemistry. So the efforts now is a kind of gesture I want to show to the fans and we want to speak and we want to find the mutual understanding between us. So that's the number one. Number two, uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, maybe I think it's, it's not so easy. It's not so easy to uh, to to get a team from from a promotion uh, promotion team and to now maybe to go top six to perform. It's not easy. Um, at the beginning, I thought uh, from the championship to the Premier League is is hard. Uh, yeah, it, it is hard, but it's it's not not that hard compared with to break into top six to perform uh, constantly. You know, just so so now it's a big challenge to me and even compared with three or four years ago and how to find a way to stay in the elite group in the Premier League for a long time. And uh, I do think it's not only about the first team, it's about academy, it's about uh, commercial power, it's about uh, the fan base, it's about the people inside the club that have to be very intelligent and working very hard. So that takes time. So yeah, maybe the next uh, lesson I've learned is time is our friends. No, so time is time is our friend. So, don't push. Don't uh, uh, be too anxious. Try to take the time, but to do something very solid, stable, and uh, uh, then the the nice time will come. So that's the second one. Then, yeah, the the, the third one. I have to say, I think uh, uh, we have a fantastic squad. You know, just. Um, uh, the head coach, the team here, the the staff here, they are doing a very good job. I think that's the the squad and the, the structure, the team in, in the whole club I have ne never seen in the last five years. I think now I realized sometimes my plan or my thought five years ago, do, do you remember in the con uh, uh, press conferences there, here in Molineux, right? So, Together with Walter Zengar, then some something I said then, I thought it's not so so good, you know, just because it's quite naive. Right? Now I thought, okay. yeah, 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 because after five years, even for myself, I have grown up, yeah. I have learned a lot from football, and I have learned a lot how to run a club. So now I feel, uh, I'm one of the things I feel very glad is the people here, including like uh, Max, uh, Scott, whoever. Yeah. And the, the team here, they're very strong. And also we have found some real chemistry and uh, uh, balancing the football culture and also a corporate culture and how to do something uh, fresh and creative and how to push everyone here to do something new. You know? So in the past, maybe we just want to say, okay, we just... Uh, want to get pr promotion, uh, copy the same story like uh, Leicester or whatever. I think I, that, that, uh, that's a common story, but it's not so interesting. 
Now we are at a stage for the club and for the company to find something only belonging to ourselves. Only we can do it, not for others, but belonging to our identity, our gene and our dream, our own dreams and our own teams. Then we can find something to do and to achieve and only, only for our own. So we don't want to copy any other clubs. So that's something different from five years ago. Maybe the fans don't, don't, don't know that, but uh, the team here, we are talking about that every day. So it's, it's not really about uh, to realize the dream for the club. It's about uh, for every team member here, from the coach to the staff to, uh, to, the, staff, uh, to the senior guys here, to realize your own dream, what you want to achieve as a person in the club. So then, uh, collectively, and we will achieve the, the dream for the club. And eventually, the dream or the target of the club will be different from any other clubs in the world. So that's the, the thinking in my mind. Yeah. That's interesting that you reference Walter Zenger, because it feels like a lifetime ago that, that he was here and the club was on a very different path. Do you think the one thing you would get across to supporters is the changes within that they don't see, uh, as you suggested, and it's completely changed in terms of you know your thinking and where you want to take the club yeah yeah, yeah. five years ago the jeff is it was not the jeff now you know so so i have totally changed and i have totally refreshed and uh, now i'm i think i i'm a better myself you know so so yeah but uh, uh water zenga or the press conference then five years ago four years ago they are good memories but uh, we only look forward so i think we have a better team now and we can do better and also we can do more interesting things for the future. Yeah. Looking forward, Mark Zamet has asked when you think the next chance for Chairman Guo to come over and visit and, and take in a match will be. Is that something on the horizon? He's very keen to come, but you know, the lockdown uh, blocks a lot of things. Uh, so maybe only for next season. I hope he can come uh, for the first game next season. Yeah. He is a very keen fan for Wolves, and sometimes at night, 3 a.m., he he's still watching our games, you know. So so I, I, I do hope he can come as early as possible. But we have to wait the lockdown to be lifted. And also between the two countries, we have to have some uh, agreements. You can travel here for free, and you don't need to be quarantined for two weeks. So it takes time, yeah. He could stay at the ground for two weeks, maybe. You could no, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible for him. He's too, too, too busy. So only after the quarantine is lifted, maybe he can come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we were talking about yesterday, build that five-star hotel in Wolverhampton. Maybe he can stay there instead. No, I, I don't think Jim Gore cares too much about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he only comes to, to, to watch the game. Yeah. But now, but of course, it's nice to have a good hotel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Aj Chandler says, what's your favourite moment since coming to the club? I mean, there have been so many great moments. Is that a hard one to pick? The best moment is the, the promotion. Just, uh, uh, I still can remember everything on that day. I remember uh, for, uh, Br uh, Brentford, uh, one of the game, I forgot. So all the players, the coach, are... Were watching their game, and uh, I was oh, together yeah, with in the them. hotel. Yeah, yeah, I was together with them, and uh, it's before the dinner. Yeah, 
I, I remember then, so when, I, when we knew the results, so just it's uh, incredible. So yeah, sometimes, you know, just uh, in the Premier League, it's, <clears throat> we know the challenge is, is very high, we know it's very interesting games, but sometimes when you at a lower level and uh, when you were climbing up the hills, you know, you, you felt uh, it's, it's quite uh, unforgettable, you know, yeah. So that, that is the, the best moment for, for, for myself, yeah. Similar to, similar to that, Aaron Hare has said, was there a single moment or a single match where you thought, this is it, Fosun have made the right decision to come here? Was there something that sort of reaffirmed your choice? Uh... Not a game, but I think I remember vividly about uh, a talk between me and some of the players because I remember in the promotion season, um, in some period, and uh, we we lost uh, two or three games in a row, whatever. Then then we felt some pressure from Cardiff, from some other teams behind us. Then I had a meeting with Ruben, with Diego, with. Uh, I forgot maybe with Connor and so, so Danny maybe then. So we talk about it and players. Uh, do you feel the pressure? Then I remember they they, are, they were all very confident. They are they were even more confident than me. You know because they are players. Maybe they they are very positive about themselves. So I I remember uh, Diego told me and uh, Jeff. Don't worry, and, uh, we will get promoted. And uh, because because we have a, a very strong squad, and uh, we are better players than the competitors. So yeah, eventually they're right. So I remember that moment. It uh, teaches me a lot because, and sometimes I feel the players know more than me, and because they are playing on on the pitch, we don't need to be too anxious and too uh, uncertain, too unsafe because. Uh, if if the squad is there, they are confident. I have no doubt about it. So so from that moment, I feel much better because in the past maybe I'm a newcomer. I don't know the industry very well. Now I can find some synergy between me and the players. So I I feel better. Then I feel okay. Now I'm really into the industry. So I remember that moment. So and uh, I remember the players. They they helped me to set, settle down, to calm down and uh, to be more confident, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Martin asks if there's been a big cultural difference or challenge from working in China to working here in English football that, you, that you've had to overcome or, and are there still challenges? I think there are very many uh, common things because in the world it's still, it's not so different to run a club and here and there, but uh, some some things maybe in the UK is that people are more gentle, more polite, more nice. So, but sometimes more conservative. You know, just just uh, uh, people don't speak too straightforward because I don't want to hurt you by my words or whatever. Uh, in China, people, especially between close friends, and they they tend to speak more more sharp, sometimes more harsh. You know, just. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you should do this, right? So yeah, yeah, what it is. But uh, here maybe, uh, Jeff, uh, you are doing very well, <laughs> but uh, and uh, something maybe like this. So I think it's it's different. So but in in China, I'm used to the environmental atmosphere like this. So 
but I do think maybe sometimes in a company in a club we have to be more straightforward because it's about to push the people here to to think more straight and to to do something more sharp. And if we are too gentle and too nice in a family, it's okay. But in a company, you have to have the I would say the, the sharpness. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's. Something I want to uh, blend the culture from China and uh, here and uh, and uh, and uh, to find something to balance between a nice atmosphere and uh, plus something maybe uh, something about to kick your ass. Right? Something yeah, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good turn of phrase. Yeah. Um, Adam Sidaway asks if you've learned something about the football industry as a whole mm -hmm. since coming here. You know, is anything in the football industry? Uh, left left a mark with you that's been different from your previous business interests? It's very different. Uh, football industry is kind of seen... Uh, uh, I, I think some, uh, the first thing is about emotion, you know. And uh, in every other business, I think the owners or the, the CEOs, the companies, they are doing things only for business reasons. They want to make money, right? They want to make profit. They want to have a good uh, capital cap in the market and they want to go to Wall Street, whatever. So all the same. And then they find a way to sell the products. They find a way to invent uh, some new things to sell, sell that to the consumers. But affordable is different because many of the owners, they, they, they come here not for the profits. They are, come, they are coming here for their own hobby or passion or whatever, you know. So, so it mix, mixes up the, the rational uh, between commercial sense and uh, emotional things. That's the tough part. And then if you are involved in the in industry, inevitably you have to be impacted by, by that. So such, Sometimes I feel I have to be very sensible, logical, reasonable, and as a businessman. But sometimes I, I have to be impacted by, by the friends around me. And, oh, Jeff, why you were defeated by Burnley by four goals? Come on, what happened, right? So, the, so that's the, the tough challenge to me, to, to find the balance. And the other thing is, like I said, some owners or some club, they don't want to make money, actually. They want to win trophies, right? So, and uh, sometimes the competition is not so fair. And we are, sometimes we are competing with a country like this, and the wealth is not comparable. And so it uh, uh, incurs more intelligence, or so we need a, in the better um, work to compete with some giants and uh, in terms of the, the financial power. So that's another challenge. And uh, for a normal company, we just compete on products, whatever. So, yeah. So, but basically, it's quite a, a blend here. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Is that sense of the unfair fight with, with, with clubs who have this huge wealth, um, is that a battle you'll never win then? Or do you feel there is a way of taking that on? And taking teams with that wealth on, yeah, it's 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 hard to to win, of course, but uh, it's not impossible. The good thing is, the key product in football industry is not a real product; it's the players, you know. So the players can change, 
a good player can become a better player, a better player can become a good player. So, so yes, you have the wealth to buy all the good players for now, right? So maybe you can pay 10 times the budget to, to buy a good player for now. But it doesn't mean he will be a better player than my player, maybe cheaper now in the future. So that's the art or that's the interesting uh, things inside football industry. So the only way to find the potential, to find a way to recruit players, the squad, and maybe not as good as the other competitors now, but uh, they can be better than them in, in, in the future. That's the only way to compete with them. But because they are people, players are people, so they can change. So it's more about um, development, education, training, and how to how to make them better. It's uh, just give you some analogy. It's like uh, you have a school, maybe a, a new school in a local area with, without so much fame, credential. So you can only recruit maybe some students from a poor family, maybe not so much background and. Uh, the education before that uh, is not so good, or whatever. Uh, but to com compete with Cambridge, Oxford, or a very good high school, or wherever, of course it's hard, right? It's because all the parents were thinking, I, my, I want my children to go there. But 10 years later, maybe we can use our own efforts to, to cultivate, to develop the, the poor kids, then they can become elites. Then from there on, will be at the same level as them. So that's a kind of, maybe not, not so good uh, analogy, maybe. No, I'll take your point. It's an interesting yeah, analogy, yeah, I'll take yeah, your point. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Manley talks about the impact of not having fans at, at the ground. You've watched a year now of, of football played behind closed doors at Molyneux. What impact has that had? It's huge. I see, sometimes I think uh, our playing style or, or the nature of the club, uh, it's really about fans, you know. As for some club, maybe fans will impact the squad ne uh, negatively, but here in Wolves End, it's always a positive impact. So our full house or Molyneux will be very, very unique and also to give us an advantage for every, for every game. So it really impacts the performance on the pitch. And I do know also, the players, they needed the fans to come here. And uh, I go to every game, and without the fans, I feel it's like a kind of training game, you know, because it's harder to play and to watch on the pitch without uh, the shouting, without uh, the emotion. And, uh, and sometimes I think we are, we are hurt by, by it. So, yeah, I think it's, it's good. The last game with the last game without the fans. And so I hope... Uh, we have fans to come to mainline game, and uh, for next season, I hope we can have a full house. Yeah. The only shouting you hear is Connor Cody these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sometimes, you know, uh, at the stand, we try to clap my my hands very loud, try to give the players more encouragement, but still very lonely. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a lonely place. I, yeah, I've yeah. been to games, and it, it yeah. does feel lonely. Yeah, yeah. There's one question to finish with, which is uh, George Freeth has asked, is there anything you'd want more from the fans to help you? Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. I said before, just uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, one thing I said uh, yesterday, but I want, want to say it again, just sometimes it's like, uh, my wife told to me a good uh, analogy, he said, uh, like uh, your partner, 
living with you every day. So like, uh, for example, my wife, so if she asks me, Jeff, do you love me? Maybe she will ask me every day, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? Then try to be more convinced that they love me. So I think it's really like the fence here. So even I live in Wolverhampton, even I've been here for five years, they have still doubt when Forsen will leave us, you know. Uh, does the management know how to run a football club even after <laughs> five years? And uh, okay, why someone left the club and uh, is that a disaster here and uh, whatever, you know. So I think I don't know whether or where the, uh, the complaints or the negative thoughts c uh, came from, but uh, yeah, but uh, go, go back to the, the analogy. It's like uh, even you have a good uh, connection between you and your partner, your fiancé, your wife, but uh, they still ask you, do you love you? Do, 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 do you love me? Right? So, 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 yeah, so now I understand that. But sometimes, you know, just uh, I cannot say too much. I love it because if I say it a million times then, then it makes sense because it's it's, it's it loses it, its impact it, it will be less and less convincing so sometimes just 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 know that behold that Jeff is here and the club is running very normally and uh, nothing special like a normal couple you know you, you do your job I I do my job we come back to have dinner together and uh, whatever you know we we help our children to go to school, and it's a normal life. It's not like uh, a kind of very passionate love. Okay, you have to be together every day and uh, just like this. So now we have gone through that period for a honeymoon, right, like this. Now we are like a normal couple. So, so from a club view, from myself uh, view, I think I, I do hope we can, we can go through the life more like a normal couple. I cannot say I love you for every day, but uh, even I don't say that, it doesn't mean I do not love you. No, it's just, just uh, we are still here. So sometimes it's like a mutual understanding. Yeah. Going steady—that's the phrase they use here. A relationship that's going steady. Yeah, you go steady. Just <laughs> yeah, when you are seventies, eighties, your old couples, right? So you don't uh, hug every day, right? You don't kiss every day, right? So, but uh, you are still good couple. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode four of Ask Wolves. That concludes the series where supporters' questions were put to the club's leadership team. Keep an eye out for future editions as the Wolves story continues under Foson's ownership.